This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. You guys ready to get in the Word, get in the Bible? All right, it's going to be good. You guys ready for this? Um, as you're seated there, seated there, if you want to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'll just open this up in prayer and just give a little introduction to those of you that are joining us for the first time and um, those of you that haven't caught all the messages up to this point. This is number three, and then we're going to do one more. It's on spiritual warfare. You can also just, as you're turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you can download our podcast. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud, and all those messages are up there pretty quick after service. So you got some, you got some food to eat throughout the week, um, some spiritual food. And so um, let's just open up in prayer, and we'll jump right into this. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we're starting verse 3. This is really our text for the month. This is the main text, and we're going to open it up a little bit more next week. And then um, we got our grand opening coming, which we're excited about. And just giving you a little something here. And then after our grand opening, which is the 12th, we're going to do it, my wife and I and some others, we're going to do a two-part series in November on race and relationships. Um, how many of you feel we need to talk about that stuff in the church? Being that stuff is crazy out there. And we need to learn how to just love each other. Amen. I know I got three amens there on that one. But, but we got to talk about it. Amen. And so, um, so that's going to be exciting. Um, so let's just pray here and then we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray that you just, um, these next few moments, Lord, just open up our ears. God, or we actually say, Lord, anoint our ears so we can hear. Lord, touch our heart so we can perceive and, and the engrafted word, the word that really gets into us, makes us a part of, it becomes a part of who we are. It changes who we are. We want to be transformed. It's the engrafted word that's able to save the soul. So we pray that this isn't uh, word sown on hard ground or stony ground or thorny ground. But Lord, I pray that our hearts are ready to receive the seed so it can produce fruit in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so spiritual warfare, and, and, and we'll open up real quick here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, and so it says here, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the wet flesh, really, it just means human ability, okay, natural ability. So when we talk about spiritual warfare in a Christian context, in a biblical context, we're talking about a spiritual thing. That there is a spiritual war, if you will. The Bible says here in New Testament that we do, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. Though we walk in a natural body, our form or method of fighting is not natural. It is spiritual. There's always something underneath the surface of, of even a physical fight. There is something spiritual happening. When you have these, um, this, this hatred in our nation that's manifesting, um, this, 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 this bipolarization of ethnicities. There is a spiritual thing happening. You know, there is something spiritual underneath the surface. Racism is spiritual and it is taught. It is not innate given to people by God because God is not racist. His house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. Racism is taught. Somebody say amen. amen. It is something that people absorb in an unhealthy environment that makes them that way. We ought to just love everybody. If anything, as a white man, I ought to be challenging white folks. You need, to, you need some black people in your life. Somebody say amen. amen. 
You need some Mexicans over the house. Somebody say amen. Well, well, now we know where all the Latinos are. They're over here. You need some Asians up in the mix. You need some Indians. Come on, somebody. Intentionally, proactively, come over my house. Let's hang out together. I say this, yeah, amen. You need some Asians, and some Japanese and Vietnamese. Some, you know what I'm saying? Asian, Chinese, hallelujah, all nations. Lord, help us to never be a white church. Yeah, I know. All right. Or whatever that is, all nations, man. We can unify around Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, anyways. So it's a spiritual thing. There's spiritual warfare is real. The devil is real, right? And so, so here we go. So according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly, but mighty. Everybody say mighty. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. That's what we talked about last week. And casting down arguments. We talked about that last week. And every high thing. Everybody say high thing. It says every, Our spiritual weapons can tear down high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. Everybody say thought. Everybody say high thing. Just repeat this whole part after me. Say every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought come on somebody lay your hands on your own head say bringing every thought lay your hands on your head say help me Jesus all right bringing every thought into captivity we, meaning we don't just let thoughts run and then because sometimes we have a thought and it comes out of our mouth and then we go oops I did it again Right? Or, or a thought comes and then our action is, oops, I did it again. Or maybe for the first time. But that's why it says bringing every thought. We want, spiritual warfare is dealing with it on the thought level. Deal with it on the thought level. Amen? Deal with it before it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself, somebody. Hallelujah. Uh, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of of Christ and, and being ready to punish all disobedience when our disobedience is fulfilled. I'm going to read one portion, and this is really the portion we're going to cover today, all right? It says, every high thing, you know, um, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. In Luke chapter 14, verse 11, um, if you're taking notes, Luke chapter 14, verse 11, everybody say, exalts itself. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I'll say it again. Luke 14, 11 says, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so, so what we're going to talk about here is just in spiritual warfare, there are things in the spirit that will try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. That's spiritual warfare. When we have a thought, a way of doing things, an attitude, an approach towards a person that exalts itself against this, then we, we have now embarked ourselves on a little bit of a war, a little bit of a battle there. 
And, and we all have them. We all are dealing with them. Or whether we see it coming at us or something we're personally dealing with, that is spiritual warfare is when we tear down the things that exalt themselves against the love of God towards people, that exalts itself against the, God's perspective of you and his love for you, that we as a community, as believers, we are empowered to tear those things down that would try to exalt himself. And, and, and so my first point is this, is pride is a destructive force. Any, any marriage that has dealt with anything, I can guarantee you one way or another, pride is in there somewhere, okay? Any relationship, any, you know, the Bible says that pride comes before the fall. And pride really means to exalt itself. So it's pride. So, so when, in, in this scripture, it's talking about spiritual warfare. Pride is the thing that will try to exalt itself and position itself above God's word in my life. Whether it's pride coming through me or at me, it means to basically exalt itself means I rise. That's pride. I rise. I push you down so I rise. I, I, I demean you and I talk you down so I rise. Pride. I, I, pride is I, right? It's all about me. It's, it's me, and it's all about I. It's, it's literally the definition of exalt itself means I rise. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. So pride, here it is. Pride means this. I'm just going to give you a definition here. It means swelling, all right? Uh, we use the term sometimes, dang, that, you know, don't get a big head. Anybody ever say that? That's, that's pride. That's what it means. The word pride means to swell. It's swelling. It's, it's arrogance. Um, it's an inordinate opinion of oneself, okay? Now, you need to be confident in who you are, but when, when, when that turns into pushing somebody else down, that, that, you, that I try to, you know, I'm trying to puff myself up. I understand. I'm trying, I want to encourage myself. I'm a king's kid. I got, I got, uh, I'm, I'm a son of God. I am loved of God. That's different. That is, that is confidence in who God says you are. That, that I'm a man of faith in the name of Jesus. I'm not boasting or I'm not trying to get swelled up. I'm actually uh, maybe struggling with something. So I'm speaking to the devil in that context. But pride will try to make, cause me to swell to arrogance and inordinate opinion of myself. It's, it's, uh, pride is excessiveness about me. It's pride is something that in spiritual warfare is kind of that first thing we deal with. If, if you even, you know, look in, in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 15, it talks about Lucifer and how he fell. In, in Isaiah 14, verse 12 to 15, I'm just laying a little foundation here. It says, how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Talking about the devil, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. Somebody say pride. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. I will exalt myself in the house of God. On the farthest sides of the north, I will, everybody say, I will. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, swelling. The devil had a big head. He got a big head. I will be like the Most High. Verse 15, yet you, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, which is hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. And so of all of our base desires in humanity, 
Pride is most like the devil. There's something about pride. The Bible says that, that pride comes before the fall. And also in another context, it says that, that pride comes before destruction. Or before destruction first comes pride. You know, there, pride never results in a positive outcome for anybody. Pride never results in a positive outcome for anybody. Um, pride, um, it alienates others and isolates me. So pride will always uh, be a negative outcome for anybody involved. So when the Bible says the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, that we as Christians need to go, Lord, you know, search my heart. God, I humble myself under your mighty hand. You know, some things that, that, that can kind of play out in pride. I, and, and look, I, I know we're all human, and this is, this is something we're all going to deal with and that we have to keep in check. And some of the things we say, whether conscious or subconscious, and when it comes to pride is, is we have this stance, and I'll just read a few things, maybe just more practical here, is, is that in a context you might say, you know, I don't need to change. That's, that, and I understand God's made you the way you are, and no, you don't have to be anybody else or change for somebody else, but in your walk with God, God's gonna begin to change us and take out the, th the exalted things so we can be more like Him. So pride will always say, I don't need to change. And if and when do you get married, the Lord will do a work that you never thought possible. <laughs> and that, here's another one, uh, refusal to be open, transparent, or vulnerable. I know I'm going kind of deep here. Welcome to church on a Sunday morning. But, but on our walk with God, we're talking about spiritual warfare, is, is that in a, if, if there is no vulnerability or openness to anyone or the Lord, there's, there's pride there. There's, there, you know, Bible says where, where pride is, there is shame. And so many of you know my story. But I was molested as a six-year-old by my stepdad. So that put a lot of shame on me. It's nothing that, that I personally did. I was a child. I was six. This was done to me. I was, um, he was giving me drugs. I was six years old. Alcohol, six years old. All, you know, it was just really twisted. My childhood was very twisted, and there was shame there. And I remember when... One of my other family members, I was a young kid, my, one of my siblings came forward a few years later and says, this, he did this to me. And here I am, I'm a kid still, you know? And there was shame there. And, and I want to share this because sometimes we don't intentionally try to be proud or we're not trying to be haughty, but sometimes where there's shame, pride has access where there's shame. And as a kid, I did not come forward even to somebody like my, my biological father, who I know I loved me and cared for me, but that shame and pride was all there to where I refused. And my, my, my biological father asked me, did that man do anything? And I said, no. My pride 
with the shade kept that thing in me for years until I got saved. And here I am, a teenager, I got saved. And I went to my dad and says, Dad, remember back in the day? Well, yeah, that happened to me too. I'm not trying to stir up any trouble or anything like that. But when God touched me and shame was dealt with because of the cross and the blood of Jesus, I was able to, I was able to kind of overcome that high thing in my mind that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And I was able to be vulnerable and open and, 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 you know, and kind of allow God to breathe on. So liberating just to be real, just to be honest, just to open up. And that pride had no longer had access into my life, that stronghold, that high thing that was against the knowledge of God, because I began to confess this thing. I began to get this thing off of my chest. So pride will play out in a way where we're refusal to be open, transparent, or vulnerable. And not to everybody, not all the time, but, but, but there's something about humbling ourselves, and then God begins to exalt us. Amen? And so, so, so pride is a destructive force. Here's another one. Here's another one. This is pride. This is how it plays out. Is we'll go through the motions and mechanics of things, but genuine connection doesn't take place. And I remember growing up uh, with this, dealing with this. It happened when I was six, so you could imagine. Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 is when I got saved. But from that time frame, I would go through the mechanics, but I couldn't genuinely connect to people because they weren't connecting to me. They were connecting to my facade. They were connecting to something I was hiding. They were conne- and, and I understand, I had moments of being, but, but there was something there that in Christ, the blood of Jesus and his forgiveness, when I got saved, I was like, I can finally be myself. <laughs> I could, I could, I could, and, and now the thing that, 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 that was kind of holding me back, that was keeping me in a certain place, when I began to confess this thing, I began to to cast down the prideful thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Say this with me. Say pride is a destructive force. Okay, now I'm just going to talk about two weapons here. Two weapons. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. And so pride always produces something negative. Humility, humbleness always produces something good. Something always comes good out of humble. Something, always, something good always comes out of humility. Something good always comes out of apologizing. Something good always comes out of saying, you know, that was my bad. I was wrong. I can do better. Something always good comes out. Good for everybody. But, th- but this is the harder thing to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, it's hard sometimes to apologize. Anybody, anybody here with me? Amen. It's hard sometimes to come forward and say I'm sorry and confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. Sometimes it is so hard to say, but it's so liberating to be honest. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. Humility always results in a positive outcome for everybody. All right? And, and, and this is my second point, is humility is a spiritual weapon. 
Humility is a spiritual weapon. Humbling ourselves towards one another and being open towards one another, it always is going to produce a, a result that's going to be a positive outcome for everybody involved. And so it, that scripture goes on to say in, in 2 Corinthians, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, everybody say thought, into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. And that word thought means to exert mental effort, the final conclusion we come to, a mindset we hang our hat on. And many times we have mindsets in us that we literally hang our hat on, a certain way of thinking. And we want to bring these things captive. You know, wisdom would say um, uh, that thought, that, that stronghold, that, that way of thinking is we, we, we marry a way of thinking, an attitude towards people or things or life or situations or God or whatever it is, your spouse, your kids. And this is what wisdom would say is let's, before I come to that conclusion, let me pass it through the word of God. Before I make a judgment on somebody in my mind, let me, this is warfare, let me pass it through the word of God. Before I, 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 I come out and say something that could be harsh or mean or, or judgmental or whatever it is, this is what it's saying, to bring it captive means to pass it through the word first. Slow that process down. Spirit, humility is a spiritual weapon, you know? Um, wouldn't that be awesome if, if we ask, oh, how are you guys doing, a couple? And they're like, oh, we're just going through some spiritual warfare. Oh, yeah, what weapon are you using? Oh, humility and humbleness. Yeah, we got in a, you know, we got in a little, we, we had an intense moment of fellowship last night. I was listening and she was humble. I mean, but we came, you know what I mean? That was a great victory last night in the marriage, folks. Awesome, praise the Lord. It's a weapon. Sometimes we, we, you know, our weapons, you know, remember, our, the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. What's true might? What's true spiritual might? Humility. What's true spiritual power? Humbleness. Look at your neighbor and say, sit down. Be humble. Look at your neighbor and say, sit down. Be humble. Humility. The Bible says we clothed with humility. There's something so powerful about humility. Humility is a spiritual force. And I know last week we talked about kind of, you know, the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith and, and, and the helmet of salvation and my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I got, my, I got my sword and my shield and my breastplate of righteousness and I'm ready for some battle. But I'm here to tell you that the, the most powerful spiritual weapon in the world is humility. And, and, and the humbleness and approaching situations and people. How, Lord, can I do better? How can I do this better? How can I be a better husband, Lord? That's spiritual warfare. Lord, ask your spouse. And what you want, let's engage in some spiritual warfare. Ask your spouse, how can I be a better husband to you, woman of God? Spiritual warfare. <laughs> oh, husband of mine. Come on, wives. How can I be a better wife to you, man of God? Oh, it's quiet. No. It's quiet in here. Jesus, we need to pray more. Where's the prayer team at? We need to break open this atmosphere. How can I how, go up to your boss? How can I be a better employee here? Spiritual warfare. Go to your friend that's getting on your nerves and you guys got a little tussle going on. I am sorry. How can I be a better friend? What did I do wrong? Man, that is power. Holy Ghost power. Power? All kind of power? Power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What kind of power you got? I apologized. 
What kind of power of the Holy Ghost you got working in you? I, I invited some feedback. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah, spiritual warfare. How can I do better? What did I do wrong? My bad. Look at your neighbor and say, my bad. my bad. All right, just gauging a little spiritual warfare. Come on, somebody. All right, hallelujah. Spiritual warfare, humility is so powerful. Let's bring our thoughts under Christ before it passes through our mouth. Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Authority in the spirit. The Bible says that Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. Talk about spiritual power. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he was before all things, and by him all things consist, and everything in this world is held together by the word of his power. And he said, I'll be a man. I'll humble my, there, there, there's a war going on down there. The devil and Satan now has access to humanity because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Somebody say, and Eve? No, okay. Um, <laughs> and, and here's God going, I'll humble myself. Do you realize that the victory on that cross started with humility, that the creator of the universe says, I'll humble myself. And the Bible says that the cross, um, he made a public spectacle of principalities and powers triumphing over them in it. In what? In God saying, I will step down. I will come low so other people can come high. And so humility is a, I guarantee you, you can't go wrong in a marriage in a job with an employee, I mean, at school, your tea, I don't, whatever context of life it is, that humility will always work. Um, humbling ourselves will always work. Saying, God, um, help me, I wanna be better. Saying, you know, I, you know, and, and then when people communicate truth to us, you know, you just take it with a grain of salt and process it, but take it and, and you know, and just take that in. When God speaks truth to you, just take, just say, you know what, I could work on that. I, I think I could, I think I could, I think that could help me out a little bit, you know? Um, like my wife, you know, she's, she's a beautiful woman. She's amazing. She's anointed. She's beautiful, black, and bold. Hallelujah. It's my kind of woman. It's my wife. I celebrate everything about her. She's amazing. She's been good to me. Right? And, and, there, and God sent her into my life to, to love me and comfort me and cuddle with me and stuff like that and all that good stuff. And, but, 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 but. She's also a voice of truth into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for truth <laughs> coming from my wife. And um, whenever I'm sick, she's like, man, you turn into a little boy. <laughs> Said that to me the other night. She, and I was like, yeah, right. She's like, come on, don't even. I'm like. Can you give me some chicken soup? No. But it's a voice of truth, and I can't lie. I, for real, when I get sick, I just, baby, you know, I'm, <coughs> I got a little cough. Can you, any, come on, wives. Any, you got husbands that maybe, yeah? Okay, yeah, I got a witness. See, the ones with their husbands, yeah, okay, good, thank you. See, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. But, but that's, you know, that, that's a voice of truth. Yeah, you know, I can receive that. I'm not above that. I'm not going to push that away. I'm not going to take my way of doing things and exalt it against the knowledge of God. 
All right, here we go, my last point. I hope you guys are getting something out of this. And so what was my first point? What was my first point? Pride is a destructive force. When it comes to spiritual warfare, pride is a destructive force. Let's remember that. Uh, let's remember that. Not the pride of other people, but I'm talking about me. You know, the number one enemy I'm dealing with is the one I'm looking at in the mirror. I, I shave that enemy every day. Well, almost every day. You know what I'm saying? That's the man in the mirror. Pride is a destructive force. Amen? My second point is what? What was it? Humility is a spiritual weapon. Humility is, that's what we fight with. We fight with humility. We fight with humility. And look, what if I don't get it right? Humility is right there waiting for you. What if I don't get it right? What if, what if pride comes out of my mouth, Pastor Sean? What if, what if I mess up again? And it will happen one way or another. Welcome to the human race. But you can always turn and say, Lord, forgive me. And turn to that person and say, you know, I'm working on that. I can work on I apologize. I'm working on that. You know, get a book on it or something. <laughs> uh, do, you know, you, you can always turn to the Lord. You can always apologize. You can always come humble. Even after the fact, I want to encourage you, there's always a way out in God. You are in Christ. There's a way out. You can be forgiven. You can start over. You can try it again. I believe it is so powerful, even as you're working those things out, church, that you still just come humble. Say, man, I did again, but check it out. I'm, a, I'm working on this thing. I saw it. I acknowledge it. I, I almost had it that time, and you're going to get better. It's gonna, you're going you're gonna to get stronger. You're going to have more authority in the spirit as you grow and develop. Here's the last part. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive. Here we go. I'm gonna, this is the last, last part. To the obedience of Christ. So I'm teaching you here something this morning. Obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. So, and so that's what it means. It's like bringing every thought, those things that, those thoughts that we are, um, that we uh, make our own that aren't of God. God's saying take those and make them obedient. Okay? Pretty simple, right? It's take those things. When, when your buttons are pushed, many times your buttons are pushed and you, you, you go there. Wherever there is. You right hook, left blow, I don't know, but you go there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You pull the knight out, out of your boot, and maybe not. You know, whatever it is, but that, that trigger, you go there. That is the thought that we want to make obedient to Christ. I'm going to explain this here, is, is obedience. This is what it means if you're taking notes. Obedience means this. It means to hear. This is, this, this is good stuff here. It means to hear beneath or to hear underneath. So obedience is to hear, the ability to hear underneath. It talks about humble yourself under the, under the mighty hand of God. That there is something so powerful about obedience just isn't doing the right thing. It is transforming your nature, right? So, so when you take a thought and make it obedient, what you're doing, you're changing the way you think. God is changing the way. You're being transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. So, so making a thought obedient isn't like, in the name of Jesus, I command my thoughts to be obedient. Yeah, you could do that. That's great. But what it means is when you humble yourself under God, when you come underneath God, you, you have this ability to hear from him. How many of you know pride distorts what we hear? And anybody ever talking to you, you might be in an argument and engaging some, and, and you aren't even hearing them. Because when they're done, you're like, well, you did this, and I don't, and, and, and you're not, the, pride um, um, will always distort what's been said. Our hearing is off when we aren't submitted to God, okay? So bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, to hear beneath, to humble ourselves and listen to God himself and God's set authority our hearing is off when we aren't submitted to God here's a here, here and this is my last point is listening is a spiritual weapon there's something so powerful about listening to God that that's what that word obedience means it means to listen it means to get under God to submit under God to humble yourself under God and to listen, and to listen, um, and, and, and praying, declaring the word of God, and, and praise, and worship, it's all spiritual weapons, and um, you know, uh, stepping out in faith is a spiritual weapon, um, the helmet of salvation, spiritual weapon, your mind, the breastplate of righteousness, knowing who you are in Christ is a spiritual weapon, you, the Bible says your loins girt about with truth, open to truth and listening to truth and studying the word of God it is the truth is a spiritual weapon but I'm here to say that bringing listening to God is a spiritual weapon listening to other people is a spiritual weapon listening to the truth from other people there's something so powerful when we slow down and just listen to the voice of God and listen to other people when things happen. When we, when we get into, I had a dream uh, the other, uh, last week. I had a dream, and I don't remember a lot of dreams, but this past week I've, I remembered almost, I remember multiple dreams. And I had this dream that we were in um, like a war. It was like a war battlefield. And it was like all this water. So we were like up to here in water. And it was like battle and bombs and fight. It was warfare, right? Warfare was happening. And I noticed the people that were with me were at their worst. But they were on my team. And one was fighting with somebody else. And the other one was cussing. And I'm not going to say who that person is. And they don't go to this. They don't gather at this fellowship. But, um, <laughs> but, but I would have never known that about them. And this other person... You know, I think maybe just they, they have maybe some kind of in anger problems, but they were really hurting somebody. And I'm thinking, we're on the same team. You know, and I woke up and it was so real. I was like, Lord Jesus, I knew it was a war, it was a battle. I felt like the Lord was telling me like in battle, in battle we sometimes start pointing the finger. And, and it, it's, not, it's not them, the weapons of a warfare are not carnal. Uh, but they're mighty in God deploying. We're here to we're to do damage to the works of darkness, not each other. And I feel like sometimes we get distracted when we're going through things and we start pointing the finger. And that's why humility 
And from that dream, I kind of started processing this and reading the scripture that in a war, humility is a weapon. You know, unity, it keeps unity in the house. I'm talking about your home. It keeps unity in the marriage. Humility is, is attractive. It, we can work this thing out. I'm working on that stuff. And, and, it, was, and it, was, it was a powerful thing. And how listening is a spiritual weapon, church. If we would listen to each other, right? Listen, Linda. Listen. Listen, Linda. You guys seen that, right? Listen. Look at your name and say, listen, Linda. Listen. I was just watching that this last week. I was like, thank you, Lord. Speak to my heart. Listen, Linda. Listen. Listen. Here we go. My final scripture. My final scripture. We're going to close with this. You guys get something out of this? I felt more of a little bit of a teaching anointing here. I hope, I hope you're receiving from this. But once again, before we read, uh, not the Romans 11, 33, I skipped on that one, I apologize. Last scripture is going to be uh, Proverbs 1, 33. Proverbs 1, 33. Um, as uh, you know, um, stay uh, humble. Pride is a destructive uh, force. Humility is a spiritual weapon. And listening is a spiritual weapon. So turn in your Bibles here to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. And I'll read it here. It says, but whoever listens, everybody say listens. But whoever listens to me, we're talking about spiritual warfare. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely. There's safety in listening to the Lord. And many times, sometimes we overemphasize coming at the devil. And what if we just listen to the Lord? There's safety in my, for my wife and my kids when I listen. If I listen to the Lord, there's safety. Why is there safety on your house? Why is your household a demon-free zone? Because the husband's listening to the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of, of evil. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. And when we're listening to what the Lord is telling us, we dwell safely. Pride is a destructive force. Humility is a spiritual weapon. And listening is a spiritual weapon. Everybody standing to your feet here. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.
Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.